Hi there, are you fed up with your wine belly? Embarrassed about your booze boobs? Sick of waking up with a hangover? And tired of never reaching your potential? Welcome to Sober Sassy Life, the podcast for women who are looking for more out of life than the evening rendezvous with the Chardonnay. Let's banish the wine witch for good. Here's your host, Jackie Elliott. Hi there everybody, welcome to today's podcast. I want to talk about what I call the big con. We spend so much time rummaging around in our past and looking for trauma and tragedies, inherited traits and flawed genes to somehow explain our bonds to booze, that most of the time we overlook the big con. The human species has been getting wasted since one bright spark decided to actually drink the putrid juice of rotting fruit, just for the fun of it, to see what it tasted like, in the same way that kids try to lick steel telephone poles when it's freezing, and they chanced upon the intoxicating effects of ethanol and a really disgusting taste, I must imagine. Imagine what an afternoon that must have been. And since that day, alcohol, despite the millennia of hangovers, and the tiny detail that the liquid is toxic to the human body, booze has become a cultural icon. We drink drink to celebrate births, birthdays, marriages, kids, divorce, new jobs, retirement, and death. And that is not the problem for me or many other drinkers. The real problem isn't the glass of fizz and sparkles for the new bride, or the warm, convivial glass of brandy on Christmas Eve. It isn't even the odd riotous teenage party where cheap cider and those dusty bottles of ouzo which we steal from our parents' liquor cabinets inevitably end up as vomit and promises to never drink again. These rites of passage don't cause the cognitive dissonance of misery and compulsion that all dysfunctional drinkers experience, those conflicting feelings uh, of a love affair with booze as it moves into the acrimonious divorce stage, No, the big problem is that we use booze. It's not a celebratory toast or a weekend social or even the punctuation of the end of the workday. It's a continuous use of booze as a prop in our lives. Stress at work? I need a drink. Argument with a sister-in-law? Pour me another glass. General disappointment with my perceived lifelong underachievement? There's a wine for that. Anne Dowsett Johnson, in her TED Talk and wonderful book, Drink, identified three circumstances that directly correlate with the higher incidence of alcoholism among women in the last few decades. First of all is childhood or early adult trauma. Secondly is the availability of booze. And three is a direct marketing of booze to women. And I agree with all three of these, but I would argue that there's a fourth or at least a caveat to her findings. Dysfunctional drinkers, alcoholics, whatever we call ourselves, we all depend on booze to fix whatever it is in our lives that causes us pain or disappointment. I learned that at an early age. It wasn't emotional trauma that I was going through any more than anyone else. It wasn't that my life was any more pressured or stressed than anyone else. It was just that I found out that alcohol provided a relief, however temporary, from whatever was ailing me at that time. And the alcohol industry is onto this. 
It's not so much that women underperformed in the marketplace way back in the 80s and 90s. As far as the industry was concerned, it was just that collectively, we didn't really have any reason to drink beyond the social and celebratory. Or at least we hadn't figured out that there should be any other reason. And the alcohol industry cannot survive on just the odd celebration and social drinker. So we needed to be informed and educated. And so like snake oil salesmen, the alcohol industry hasn't just been pushing the sexiness of booze. It's found a much more effective hook, the restorative power of booze. So far more troubling to me than the direct advertising of smooth mellows and buttery chardonnays sit by impossibly beautiful and sophisticated women. More troubling to me is a suggestive portrayal of those same sophisticated professional women uncorking a bottle of wine at the first sign of a hurdle or a challenge. So far more dangerous than images of women drinking beer around the campfire or chinking glasses of wine at the girls' night out or the weekly book club, although all these images are intensely annoying to anyone who has now figured out that life's fun moments are not dependent on the beverage you happen to be drinking, no, the more insidious images are those that you see on social media, the wine balance, the mum memes, suggesting that parenting, for example, is not only easier with wine, but almost impossible without it. It's the drip, drip, drip of a narrative that every problem, every stressful event in your life is made better by booze. That's a big con. I fell for it, and that's how I was drinking. I rarely got drunk at a social function. I may have been boorish and rude and repeated myself a lot, but I didn't fall over, didn't start fights or vomit. Well, not often. At the end of the evening, I would mostly stop and get another bottle of wine, go home, drink it until I passed out, alone. And that's a subtle shift in drinking patterns from my consumption compared to my mum's drinking, for example. I once asked her why she didn't drink when my brother and I were kids. Well, I did drink, she said. As soon as you were old enough to be left with a babysitter, I went to all your dad's functions, and we had people over for dinner all the time. No, I said, I didn't mean that. Why didn't you drink every day? You know, when you came home from work. What on earth for? She said, genuinely confused. And there's a difference. It's not so much that alcohol is any more normal, although it is, or that women have been led to believe that Drinking is somehow a badge of feminism, a way to keep up with the boys, although many women do believe that. It's not that we have more disposable income or more independence. All of these facts have influenced our drinking patterns in some way. But the one single factor that makes one woman's fun, that makes another woman's downward ride on the alcoholism elevator, is why we drink. For my mum, drinking was a social event enjoyed with my dad at the end of the day or to enhance the ambience of a social gathering. For me, it was a solo event. Years after my first sip of whiskey, alone in the dark, um, just after another failed relationship, and because I couldn't figure out the sense of it or put a fragment of my life into any recognisable order, I did what I knew best. I drank. My mum phoned me as I was pouring a glass of wine. Don't drink alone, she said when she heard what I was doing. 
Mum, I answered. If I didn't drink on my own, I wouldn't drink at all. Thanks for listening to me today. I will talk to you all again soon. Bye for now.